0: certainly a beautiful day that we have, a great privilege that we have to be here together. I thank each and every one of you for your presence here today. Tully thank you for your prayer this morning. Certainly my prayer as well that the things that we discuss here together this morning will be of benefit to each of you. I appreciate Coulter leading that song that he just did and I think if we listen to the words of that, it probably preaches the sermon before I ever get started. But I hope the things that we discussed this morning will, uh, will help you and that we all will listen to God's word as we take instruction from it. You know, we're living in a world today that's overrun with anger, hostility, division, and outrage. It's all around us. You know, all you have to do is look at the news. Look at the newspaper, look at the TV, look at social media. And we see this outrage on a daily basis. It was very much punctuated recently by the Supreme Court nomination hearing that that we went through. Have you ever seen such a divisive nature and people on both sides of the issue calling people out saying hateful and divisive things just because they're on the opposite side of a political view. When we think about what happened during that hearing, the two main people that were involved, everybody around them were making assumptions about their life, about their character, through things that they heard in the news media. Most people didn't know these people individually. They didn't know their life or, or their character. And they were making attacks on these people strictly by what they were seeing in the news. It was a very ugly thing that we saw, and that seems to be the the norm for today. You know, outrage is expressed by the young generation and the old generation alike. We live in a time when most people feel like they are victimized or violated by some individual or by society itself. We as a people have become very polarized and everywhere we look we see anger, We see anger towards Christians, and it's very sad to say we see anger by Christians. We seem to be very keenly aware of how others are displaying anger towards individuals, groups, communities, and even our country. But are we ignorant of how we as Christians may be displaying the same negative emotions? In short, people have become less and less tolerant of opposing viewpoints, and the reaction to those opinions seemed to be more emotional and outrageous. So I think what we need to do today is ask ourselves a question, as Christians, is how we react to these things. Is this something that's different? Has something changed in our culture? And there's some research to, to that effect. But most agree that this outrage has found a new platform in social media and other online uh, platforms. Now, I want you to understand this morning, this lesson is not a political speech. I'm not here today to express my opinions politically. I don't think that's the right forum for that. I'm not going to express my viewpoints on a political uh, matter. This lesson also is not to bash social media because technology is here to stay it is a part of our culture it's a part of us as a people nowadays and especially for our younger generation these young people are on social media they are on they use technology on a daily basis so it's not going away it's something that we have to determine how we as christians are going to handle it and i think that's what's so important it is just like every other part of our life and that we have to make sure that every aspect of our life is governed by Christ, that we bring these things under the headship of Jesus Christ. So as we consider the subject this morning and we talk about outrage, outrage is an extremely strong reaction to anger, shock, or indignation. The word outrageous is simply shockingly bad or excessive. And isn't that what we see in social media and in the news around us on a daily basis? As we look at the culture around us, we have to decide as Christians how we're going to walk through this. Rather than be a part of the divisive shouting, we need to be a part of the solution and do what we can to take an honest look at ourselves as Christians and decide how we're going to to treat this. As I think about this, I I come to the scripture in Matthew 7, beginning with verse 3. He says, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. I can't tell you how many times I've read that verse, how many times I've probably used that verse in a lesson from this very pulpit. I've heard others discuss it, but you know, every time we do, I think it it is one of those things that's very easy to say. It's very easy to say, here's what we've got to do, but it's very, very difficult for us to put into practice. It's always easier for me to point out your faults, isn't it? It's easier for us to be objective when it comes to your life instead of mine, but that's what we've got to do. As Christians, we've got to look into our own lives, and as we said, ask ourselves the question, are we a part of the solution, or are we a part of the problem? You know, when it comes to social media, just one post, one comment, or one video on social media is all that it takes to set off a great firestorm. And quite often these dis- discussions become totally irrational. A passage that I think speaks very clearly to this is 2 Timothy 2, beginning in verse 22. The Bible says, Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now I want you to pay special attention to verse 23. He says, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Verse 24, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Verse 23, I think, speaks very clearly to us. He says, and this is the New King James Version, it says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. You know, there's times that we get into a a discussion with people and we know where it's going, don't we? We know that there's no great solution to the problem and we know that it's going to cause a dispute. That just simply shouldn't be. I want to take a look at the same verse, uh, at verse 23 Here's how the RSV renders it. It says, have nothing to do with stupid, senseless controversies. You know this breeds quarrels. How often do we see that? People get on social media, they get involved in a conversation knowing that the end result is a quarrel, a fuss. This scripture sets the tone for what I would like for us to discuss this morning we must engage the world in a positive way that shows Christ's love and his grace to all men. Matthew 10, verse 16 says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. In this verse, Christ is talking to his apostles as he, as he sends them out, and he says, It's vicious, it's difficult out there. He said, You're going to be a, as sheep in the midst of wolves. But his admonition to him was, you be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We need to have that attitude that Christ uh, wanted to instill in his apostles, that we're going to be harmless. We need to make sure that we are not of a combative nature and always fueling the fire, so to speak. Our nation is polarized by politics. You know, the divide between red and blue continues to deepen. And there's a divisive shouting and an irrational thought process that we seem to be going through. There's this idea out there that if you don't agree with me, then you're an evil person. That if you don't see, the thing, the way, if you don't see things the way I do, then you're totally wrong. And somehow you're demonized because of the position that you take. That's the culture that we live in today. Proverbs 28, verse 5 says, Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. We cannot put our uh, confidence in man. We have to put our confidence in Christ and make sure that we take our cues from Christ alone. Proverbs 2, verses 6 through 9 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, and every good path. The divisive nature in our current climate is an overflow of our culture today. Are are people becoming more divided? You know, I ask myself the question, are, are conservatives more conservative today or more, are liberals more liberal today? Or is it the way that we feel about people that disagree with us that has changed? Technology has made it possible for all of us to have instant access and instant feedback about almost every subject in the world. It seems that the more information that we have it makes people even more angry that there's even opposing view uh, that exists you know it's easier than ever for us to uh, seek out information that cons- that confirms our pre-existing beliefs we're always just one click away from some news story or some uh, item that confirms our feelings and you know everything that we read on the internet's true right that seems to be the, the, the way people feel sometimes and they will begin to repeat things without ever checking the, the validity of it. So I think the advice for us as Christians should be that we cannot be discipled by our news feed, we can't be discipled by Fox News or any other media source. It's good for us as Christians to be informed, but we must be very careful that we test what we hear before we repeat it. Anything or any person that we align ourselves with must be aligned with Jesus Christ. John 17 and verse 17, the Bible says, sanctify sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As I said, our views should never be aligned with any one particular person, one party, or any one group. Our loyalty is to Jesus Christ and to Jesus Christ alone. First Corinthians three, let's read there beginning in verse 18. Let no, let no one deceive him. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seem to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. We are Christ's, we belong to him. And he is our true loyalty. You know, as we consider this uh, subject of outrage today, you know, it seems that the the norm for today is if you think it, say it. People have gotten where they just are willing to say whatever. There used to be a time that there was this word called discretion, and people exercised discretion. You know, I can remember when I was a younger person, my parents and and others taught us that you didn't have to say everything you think. Just because it's true doesn't mean that you need to say it. People seem to have no reservation today about maligning others' character and attacking them on a very personal basis. Let's read from Titus 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceful, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. And isn't that what we see going on around us today? I want to reiterate what is said there in that last verse serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Certainly, that's the culture that we live in today. Let's continue reading there in verse 8 of that same chapter. And it says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. He didn't say words, he said works. These things are good and profitable to men. As I said, discretion is something that is not exercised today. The definition of discretion is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. What did Solomon have to say about discretion? Proverbs 1 verse 1, it says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety, or that's prudence, to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. King Solomon was a very wise man. And there's some discussion that, that Proverbs, that he wrote Proverbs to his son. And that is good admonition for for sons. And, and whether, it's, whether that was his intention or not, whether it was directly to his son or to Israel and generations to come or all of us as we, are, as we read God's word, we need to be very careful that we choose our words wisely and that we use discretion in our speech. You know, I've it's probably been two or three years ago, Hugh gave a lesson about discretion and I thought it was very good and very timely. Uh, But that seems to be something that that is somewhat of a lost art today is this, this idea of discretion. Let's read from Proverbs 3, verse 21. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom, and discretion. So shall there be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Solomon said, if you use discretion, it's going to be a blessing to you. You know, our job as Christians is to be an example of Jesus Christ in every part of our lives. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, in the multitude of words, Sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. I like that verse. It says, in the multitude of words, in a lot of words, sin is not lacking. Someone once said that nothing is sometimes a good thing to do and always a clever thing to say. Now I want us to think about that. Very seldom have I been accused of being clever. But if I just keep my mouth shut, I can be. And you know, that's a difficult thing for me to do sometimes. But when we open our mouth and involve ourselves in some of these senseless discussions, we tend to hurt the cause of Christ rather than help it. What we say and how we say it is so important. And if we're not careful with our words, we can be a stumbling block to those around us. We can present a false idea of Christianity to others. And I want to give you an example of this. As I've studied for this lesson, I've actually heard an interview with a man that wrote a book, and the book is Christians in the Age of Outrage. And he cited this story, and I'm gonna relate that to you. First of all, I don't agree with everything that Starbucks does, and, and I don't even agree with the, the message that, that the person in opposition was sounding out. But I think it's important, it proves to us what's going on in our culture. About three years ago, there was this guy that, that uh, considered himself a Christian. He went to Starbucks during the holiday season, and they had changed their cup. Well, he immediately gets on the internet holding up this cup, and he says, Starbucks hates Jesus. And he goes on to tell why, and his reasoning is why that was happening. Well, people of of faith jumped on it, you know, with all four feet, and here they go, they're ready to take off with the same idea and tell everybody how evil Starbucks is. You know, when we do that, if we as Christians jump on these certain causes like that, and we we have this outrage, and we post about it, and, and tell everybody how dumb they are, we send out a false version of Christianity. Our neighbors and our co-workers who know us, you can bet they're going to be following us on social media. And if we are constantly posting negative things, if we are constantly telling someone else how silly they are for not aligning with my viewpoints, our friends are going to see that. And what do they do when they go back to our profile and, and our profile says we're Christian. What does that do to our influence? It, it totally annihilates our influence as Christians to be able to, to uh, evangelize them. So we've got to be very careful about what we do, what we say, and how we say it. Let's re- read from 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 18. It says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God has given each one of us a ministry. We must be agents of reconciliation. You know, we sometimes think that that evangelism is optional. But whether we intend to or not, we have an influence in the world around us. And that influence is seen in the things that we do and the things that we say. We must be agents of reconciliation, and we cannot do this if we are constantly arguing and posting on social media how stupid everyone else is for not having the same opinion that I do. James 1 verse 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I can't remember how many times as a student in school when when teachers would tell us, engage your brain before you open your mouth. My parents told me the same thing. We need to measure our words. We need to be very careful about what we say and what we portray to those around us. 1 Peter 3, beginning in verse 10 For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Again, there's a blessing to us when we conduct ourselves in a Christian manner. We need to remember what our purpose is here. I was having a conversation in the vestibule just Wednesday night after church with with someone here and, and talking about this very subject. And she said something that I thought was very, very profound. She said, we are not put here to win a political argument. We're here to win souls to Christ. And that must be our focus. That must be what we remember when we want to engage in these conversations. It's mandatory that we soften our tone with those that disagree with us. Posting these angry, vicious things break trust, and it ruins friendships. You know, a very important distinction for us to make when we consider our response is to ask ourselves, is this a matter of right and wrong, or is it a matter of judgment? And I've seen heated arguments over things that are matters of judgment. Judgment. When we talk about this, we, we may look at ourselves and say, well, I'm not guilty, but I want to discuss a few things with you here this morning that are very, very hot topics right now and things that people seem to be very divided over. Whether or not to send your kids to public school or to homeschool. Whether or not to vaccinate your children. Do you allow your children to eat sugar? Do you use essential oils or traditional medicine to to treat common ailments? You see, these are all matters of judgment. These things are not spiritual issues. And we've got to understand that before we engage in these discussions. You know, each and every one of us as individuals and we as families have a responsibility to make choices and to decide in these matters of judgment what we're going to do. But I've seen discussions get so heated that people have taken a stand so radical as to say, if you don't agree with me, then you're not a Christian. Sometimes these conversations go so far as to belittle someone else and sometimes gives us a feeling of superiority because of the decision that we've made. We somehow have a self-righteous attitude that because it's my decision, it's right. Romans 14 speaks to this, speaks about how we handle things that are matters of judgment. Romans 14 verse 5 says, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. It's okay for us to be passionate. It's good for us to be fully persuaded in our own mind. But he says, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Now, as I said, we have to make these uh, decisions on matters of judgment. And at times, there are spiritual implications to the judgments that we make. There are consequences to the choices that we make. But we need to allow everyone the same right, the same privilege that we take in making these judgment calls. Now, Rhonda and I had had the privilege of raising our sons here with many of you in this congregation. And we had the conversation at the time and since then That, you know, we didn't always agree on those matters of judgment. Others of you made very different uh, choices than I did. I made very different choices than many of you did. But you know what? At the end of the day, we all had one common goal, and that goal was to raise godly children. Don't lose sight of the goal. When we demonize our brothers and sisters in Christ, we cause a rift, and what's that going to do to the church? We have got to be careful, people, that I don't impose what I think on you as being law. We all have the responsibility to make these matters of judgment. And as I said, to be it's okay to be passionate about them. I'm, I'm going to do what I think is right in these matters of judgment, but let's allow others the same uh, process. You know, when we think about this, pride is at the root of this problem. We all want to be right, don't we? And that seems to be something that that everyone nowadays thinks it's just a, a given right, isn't it? But you know, it's just not worth it. I can't always be right. There's plenty of times that I'm wrong, and I need to say that. I need to be man enough to say, you know, I'm wrong. I made a mistake. As we look at our culture today, there are times that outrage is appropriate. There are so many subjects that we deal with on a daily basis. Terrorism, exploitation, abortion, rampant sin and the acceptance of it. These issues deserve a measure of outrage, don't they? They certainly deserve our anger. But this is a part of the problem. What do we do when that anger becomes too much? When our righteous indignation and at an injustice morphs into something that's completely different. Again, I say we've got to look at what our purpose is here as Christians. You know, I thought about uh, this as, as Benny spoke last Sunday night, and he cited uh, John 3.16, a verse that we, we quote a lot. That verse says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You know, sometimes I, my interpretation of that is, God loved the church, or God loved me, and that's true. But we've got to look at it from the view that God loved the world. We've got to love those that are in opposition to us. We've got to try our best to win them over for Christ, and we cannot do that when we are involved in this divisive shouting. We must be agents of change. Romans 6.22 says, but now have being... But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, we've been set free. We've been set free from this divisive shouting, this this anger, this hatred. We've been set free by Jesus Christ. We've got to be very careful that we don't allow a senseless use of our time to to be devoted to all this anger, to all this hostility and outrage. We are living in a day, and this indeed is our moment, when we need to live like Christ as Christians in the midst of shouting anger and hatred. We must be instruments of peace. If you're here this morning and subject to the gospel call, we want to offer the Lord's invitation if you've been taught and would like to respond in, in obedience to uh, submit and baptism, we would like to give you that opportunity. If you're here this morning and have a need in your life that we as a, a congregation, as a group of Christians can help you with, we would invite you to come as well as we sing the song that's been selected.